When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about Munich, the club remembering the Munich air disaster and the victims of it this week. I thought it'd be nice to talk about kind of what it means to us. Um, I remember when I started doing some freelance work for United, uh, the the editor of the magazine said, we'd be able to do something on why, what, what Munich means to you, given not only were you not alive for it, as most United fans weren't, but like your your parents wouldn't have been alive for it either. And yet it holds this incredible resonance with supporters young as well as old and and it does it's, it's, it's such a core part of the club's identity and I think our identity as, as fans is that is that something you've always felt too yeah massively I, I was lucky enough to be at the 50th anniversary of the Munich air disaster at the the derby at Old Trafford where Austin City both wore jerseys rem- replicating what they looked like back in in 1950. And it it is it's just something that I think stays with you every time you watch United and every time this time of year comes around. I mean, the story of it and how the club was rebuilt is is quite incredible. And it's something that I think I, I, I actually give the institution of Man United quite a lot of credit for I think retaining a lot of the spirit and values that were created around that time throughout everything. You know, we've we've said plenty of times on here that I think what keeps us connected to this club is a feeling that it is somehow a little different and more of a of a family and, and sort of an inward focused club in some ways that has been sort of ground away at over the last 15 years or so. But games like this with, with Academy products coming and, and scoring and, and being huge players for Man United and seeing Old Trafford in raptures like that, it kind of reminds you of of what you're why you do all of this, why you care so much and, and why all these players fight for the badge in the way that they do. I, I don't think that the Munich air disaster and and the the values that came from it are something that we just remember once a year and then forget about for the, the other 364 days. It it does feel like it's something that runs through the fabric of the club at, at every turn. Yeah. And because it still has such a it does have that legacy. Within the club I've I've been doing a lot of work with the academy the last couple of years and I've seen the under 13s for example their education every age group has a, an education project as well as their school the under 13s is Munich so at the 65th anniversary last year one of their players read out a poem he'd wrote at the memorial in Munich which is pretty special but I've, I've been at one of those sessions with Jimmy Murphy Jr son of, of Jimmy Murphy and uh, Roy Kavanagh, who's a author of many United history books and a wonderful person and previous guest of this podcast. And his hearing Roy talk about those players is just an absolute privilege. And and those players were able to do that. Those under 13s, it's, it's at the core. But also when you travel around the world and there was a, a good, good article in... Uh, featuring United Review this week, the match day programme about a supporter from Belgrade who basically supported United because of the obvious connection between the city of Belgrade, the home of Red Star, who United played in the course final before travelling home via Munich and and United. And it, it, 
you, you realise that enduring impact. There are so many Serbian supporters of United, Belgrade Reds. I visited Belgrade in the summer and even not United fans, but the respect for the club is, is so great there and it's lovely. And while not quite as strong as a connection as with that city, you get that familiar feeling all over travelling with United. And I think it is a leftover from that time and the disaster. And, and there's so many supporters that it's what turned United into a, a global club. And for, it, it's obviously come about in, in a tragic way, but I think the, I think that's probably what makes it different is the fact that what made United global was, was this and not just success, which came after 99 and the kind of two defining events of United's history are 58 and 99 in terms of getting that global support, the older generation supported United because of after Munich and, and the response and the 10 year kind of rise from the ashes and the younger generation, most of them support United because they, they watched 99 and, and fell in love with the story. Uh, two, two incredible stories. So yeah, it's, it, you, you do feel it's, it's impact all the time and there can definitely be some overdoing of things around Munich and, and people with mad tattoos and showing off how they've paid their respects. And I think most people would prefer kind of a quiet moment of reflection, but I do think, as you say, the, the club approach the remembrance really well on the whole and things are done with class and um, they do have some making up to do. They treated the survivors and the victims' families quite poorly in the years that came after. So any effort to remedy that is great. But yeah, I do think things are, are generally done with class and it is always special being at Old Trafford. I'd have loved to be at the, the uh, 2008 game, but it's special being at those games at, at any time when the Flowers of Manchester's played. And... Um, and yeah, when you hear we'll never die ringing out around Old Trafford on, especially on that, at any time, but especially on that game, um, it is pretty special. Uh, I've, I've been doing some research around it as well for an article I'm doing for United Review, but I found uh, an article I thought I'd share because I just thought it was a lovely story. Um, I kind of related to what we're talking about. It's from the 7th of February, 1958, and it, it starts like this. Instead of to the semi-finals to death, with the speed of lightning, the tragic news of the Munich accident spread in Belgrade and throughout Yugoslavia. At first, nobody believed it, but later huge crowds of soccer fans came out on the streets. They gathered in front of the radio station and the news agencies to hear the latest news of the tragic crash and the destiny of their favourites, the babes of Manchester United. Nobody spoke about the match, only about the tragic crash in Munich, in which the most eminent and attractive soccer team was involved. I won't read out the whole article, but this Yugoslav journalist writing for a British newspaper goes on to write with amazing emotion about having made friends with the players and with journalists like Tom Jackson from the MEN, George Follows from the Daily Herald, Archie Ledbrook from the Mirror, all of whom died as well. And he writes particularly poignantly about striker Tommy Taylor making very close acquaintance with a young Red Star player, Sekula Rach. And they made plans to go on holiday together on the Adriatic coast that summer. That's how strong their friendship was. And when Sekularak found out, he supposedly wept like a little child. And he wasn't the only one who promised to go on holiday to Yugoslavia. Tom Jackson had done so as well with this journalist. And I don't know, it was, just, it was, it was something I hadn't read before and really emphasised the, the kind of personal level of the disaster for so many. And and then you like you visit Belgrade now and you see that enduring respect and it is, it is incredible. Um, and yeah, I think you're right, Jack. The those values are what make United what it is. And I, I guess going back to the reason for hope in the present day, it it feels like the new partial ownership definitely respect 
those values and want to put them at the heart of of what we do. I mean, that was in some ways part of the appeal of having someone like Dave, sorry, not Dave, not Dave Brailsford, of, of Jim Ratcliffe being either, as we thought initially, full owner or partial owner as it is now. And that, you know, yes, he's a businessman and, and obviously he, his priorities at this point are quite quite far removed from being a, a kid growing up in in Manchester and being a United fan. But I think you've got to have more faith in him to instill and sort of protect some of those values than you would the Glazers or really anyone else coming from, you know, outside. It's just, and, that, and that's not, you know, I, I live thousands of miles away from Old Trafford, so I'm not saying that you can't be a fan or you, you've, you're you less of a fan for not growing up in Manchester or anything like that. But I do think that having followed the team from, you know, from childhood, it gives you a, a sort of different perspective and, and maybe a different sort of respect for what the club holds dear and what I think a lot of fans in Manchester, so especially match-going fans, really care about in terms of what they want the club to stand for. It's not just this relentless pursuit of success at, at the cost of everything else. You know, yes, it do, does need to be a relentless pursuit of success, but there are also some values to the club that should be held above that or at the very least on on par with that yeah. pursuit. So what did, yeah, look at, um, so I've just been reading loads of newspapers from the days after the, the response to United to Munich was not to go out and buy a whole new team. And there was an interesting comparison between an English journalist and an Italian journalist in 58 because the whole Torino team was killed in, I think either 1948 or 1949 in a disaster of even bigger uh, consequences because it was the entire team and, and staff and everyone. The only person who was left was the owner actually who'd missed, who'd missed out on, on the game for, I can't remember whether he was ill or something else. Um, and they had to go out and, and buy loads of players at United did buy a couple. There was Stan Crowther from Aston Villa, three lads from Bishop Auckland came in, uh, on an amateur basis to play for the reserves. Um, and there were a few Ernie Taylor as well. There were a few, but the, the, there was a very clear message from the chairman, Harold Harmon and from Jimmy Murphy that yes, they would buy where necessary, but Shay Brennan steps in, Mark Pearson steps in, um, Bobby Harrop comes into the team, Freddie Goodwin, Ronnie Cope, and then obviously Bobby Charlton comes back and then you start bringing through the next generation, Nobby Styles, Alex Dawson comes into the team. The, the point was the, the, the faith in youth before allowed United to recover while staying true to those principles from before. And I think that's what's so, that's why it's so important. So you're absolutely right. that that's I think that's the, the key message in, in the modern era. And it's hard, right? It's, it's a hard balance because everything, everything that is happening in the game is sort of pushing you away from that. You know, there is so much money involved. The, the need to win and to win now is so great. And both players and coaching staff and also people at high, higher offices of the club, like the owners and executives, will feel pressure to forget some of those things and to just go on a pursuit of success at all costs. And that's where the institution and sort of the institutional history of, of the club carries so much weight in sort of reining some of that in. And it's why I think United have always been a, a team that has thrived when there's been a lot of stability in, a, in the manager role and when there has been a group that is maybe not primarily, but has a, a large proportion of the playing staff who are have come through the academy and understand what it means to be a, a Man United player. You know, we aren't a club like, say, a, a Chelsea who has thrived despite 
instability at, at various times. It's not who United is. Oh, and I think yeah. this is part of it. It's because we're terrible is such, with instability. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we've talked about this before that it, it's a sort of strange anomaly that of the two big post-war periods of success in, in United, they've coincided with or all of pretty much all of United's success post-war has come in two periods that have been defined by you know one manager in each case and obviously not the same group of players but at various times during those eras yeah, very stable groups of players and the lessons to learn from that related to this but also what you were saying just at the start there is if you were if I was trying to convince the kind of modern executives at United of the importance for this it's not that Bosby didn't do these things just out of principle. It was a belief in long-term success. And so that's, that's the argument for it in the modern day is it's not just, oh, we want to win in a certain way. It was, he firmly believed. It's why it, it, there was a point where the United president, James Gibson, in, which in the first few years of, of Busby being there, shouted at him one point and said, why I'm giving you money. Why won't you sign anyone? And Busby said, because that's not, that's not how I want to do it. I want to create my own players and mold them and, and have a long-term successful youth system that is at the heart of the club. And that's why United could recover after Munich. And that's why that success blighted by Munich, though it may have been. And so it was, only a few titles and one European Cup instead of what could have been five European Cups or whatever. But that's why success could last for so long. And it's exactly the same with Sir Alex. The first thing he comes in, in to do is change the culture, yes, but also to kind of revitalise that that youth system because it, it gives you long-term success by sticking to principles rather than short-term success that might then fall apart later on. So that's, that's the modern argument for it, isn't it? And one I, th- I hope that Ineos will buy into, but but yeah, we'll we'll see on that front. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.